Hello everybody and welcome to episode 2, part 2 of Becoming a Butterfly. Still talking about eating disorders as we were in part 1 and this time talking about a few other eating disorders, not just anorexia. Bulimia and binge eating um, are other eating disorders I haven't really touched upon that I have suffered with. So bulimia I actually remember I went on a skiing trip this was before I went into the Priory and I'd lost lots of weight on the skiing trip because you know you're skiing every day I wasn't really eating anything at all and I went to the toilet and my sister knocked on the door and she was like what are you doing you're making yourself sick I thought no I'm not doing that but you're at that point you're so desperate to let you know do whatever you can and I thought "Mm, she thinks I'm making herself sick let's try it and that sounds ridiculous. I literally am listening to myself now talking and I think, what the hell? But that is the reality. You will do anything you can, really, and you'll take anything that people say as an opportunity um, in some sense. And I couldn't really do it, so that I kept trying and trying and trying and I wasn't really successful. I was only successful in really, really messing up my stomach and I still do have bad reflux now if I eat too quickly or if I eat too much. Me and my housemate, we joke about it quite a lot because she'll be like, what are you eating? And I'll be like, mmm, part of my meal that we just finished half an hour ago, which is so gross. And I'm laughing because, oh, that's just disgusting. But it's a reality, you know, you don't get over some of this stuff for years. And I don't remember the last time I tried to make myself sick. I have never done it successfully hands down can say that I don't know what it is and maybe I don't have a good gag gag reflex I don't know how that works um but yeah that's another one that people struggle with and people don't realize how bad it can be for your teeth for your the acid in your stomach um for your trachea and your breathing and stuff I think I said that right all these things that you people just think believe me and make yourself sick that's the end of it no there's so many things going on mentally and physically health wise that you will struggle with for years and binge eating another one I mean I'm not gonna lie I still struggle with that daily I have periods where I could eat absolutely anything and everything it's nowhere near as bad as it used to be so especially when I was on placement I'll talk about this more when I do my podcast on my placement and how I struggled with that but I would eat get home from work and I would eat till like 2 or 3 a.m more literally whenever I go to sleep I would just get home and eat everything in the cupboards and I'd probably just end up falling asleep on the kitchen I've done that a few times and then going into work the next day you know not eating thinking you ate enough yesterday don't eat you'll be fine go home have dinner no it doesn't work like that it's a cycle but equally I don't agree when people say if you do binge the next day wake up and just eat normal because you don't feel normal the next day you don't feel like you need food so it's a really difficult one I think with binge eating pardon me um because it's an addiction and I talk about it as an addiction like gambling or alcohol and people might hear that and think yeah you're kidding yourself no it it is an addiction um it's an addiction to food I'm not sure the mechanisms behind it you know there's people who say it's about covering up an emotion or you're not satisfied with what you are eating there's so many different things it could be I'm not going to really go into that but it's an addiction to food at the end of the day and food is something you can't live without you can live without alcohol whether covid is here or not I'm sorry to tell you you can't live without alcohol and you can live without gambling and you can live without some uh, drugs like you know these other addictions 
But no matter what anyone tells you, you cannot live without food. And I don't know if it's because the majority of my kind of eating disorder history was anorexia um, or not, but I don't know lots about bulimia and binge eating. I don't really know much about like, the recovery aspects of them or what goes on apart from my own experiences. And I think once I kind of got over the anorexic side, I fell into the binge eating side. And it is like that. Um, you know, it's one extreme to the other for years. It's been 10 years since I first went into the priory, like I say. And another one is orthorexia. So this is where you are obsessed with kind of clean eating, you know, healthy diets and all that. And I'm going to skim over that because I want to talk about that in a podcast of itself. But I definitely um, dealt with that for a long period of time in my recovery. But one last thing I did want to focus on um, with the kind of binging and bulimia, the obsession with exercise. And I think of it as, so when you are bulimic and you make yourself sick and you're because you're trying to kind of purge um, your binges, let's say, or any food you've eaten, whether you've binged or not. So there's a cycle, you know, binge eating is one extreme and then being bulimic is another extreme because you binge and you purge and et cetera, et cetera. And I look at orthorexia kind of as another form of purging from all the food you've eaten. You're not being sick, but you're exercising out your calories, which is why I squirm now. And I'm like, I get angry when I see people who write, you know, treating myself to this slice of cake, but I'm going to exercise it out tomorrow. Or don't worry, I deserve this pizza because I'm doing a big leg day tomorrow like no just shut up and eat your pizza or your cake and don't justify it I don't care what you're doing I mean saying that people will be like well you post everything on social media yeah I do but that's because I'm trying to you know that's part of my part of the podcast part of my kind of Instagram but I'm not really justifying it I'm not saying oh I'm doing these this spin class and this swim because I'm going to go and eat a nice brunch later no they're two separate things but I'd say I did deal with orthorexia for a bit. I remember one of my closest friends um, at the time sent me an article and she said, you know, have a read of this, something that's just kind of come out, orthorexia. And I sent it to my mum and I said, oh, she thinks I've got this. What do you think? And my mum was like, yeah, of course you've got that. And I in denial again, because you always are. That's a massive thing about eating disorders. You never really agree to it. I'd be surprised if you said to someone, oh, I think you've got an eating disorder or you're you struggling with your eating or your exercising or whatever and they'd be like yeah I know like no that would I don't know um personally I didn't admit to anything I didn't really know what was going on but back to the exercise I've always loved exercise I've done sport all my life like I say I wanted to be an Olympic swimmer for six years I, I mean I still would love to be an Olympic swimmer but I'm not going to chase that dream. But for six years, I did chase that dream. Um, did six different sports teams. You've probably heard me say that so many times now. I'm sorry. Um, and I love the gym now. I still work out. I say now, but, you know, COVID's around. Anyway, the point is, I love exercise. And I did get obsessed with it when I was recovering. I was doing things in my bedroom after every meal. I was trying to work out whenever I could. I was trying to go for runs, but anyone who knows me knows I'm just not a bloody runner you're incredible if you can run for five minutes honestly but I was going for runs I was forcing my body to do things that not only that I didn't want to do but that I couldn't do at that time I didn't have anything 
on me um any fat on me any muscle on me I really couldn't do these things and that was something that got taken away from me in the priory um obviously they've got your best interests at heart but you just think they're being nasty and they're not but that's also what helped me recover um and eat the meals I had to eat and do the things I had to do because when you're in there you write things down why do you want to recover what do you want to recover for and selfishly exercise was one of my biggest things I wanted to recover to be able to play a netball match play a lacrosse game I was captain of county lacrosse at the time um that's all I wanted to get back and do you know I wanted to get into the gym I wanted to have control over doing my own things I wanted to go for a walk with my parents I remember I put down as one of my first things going for a 10 minute walk with my dad once a week not every day hell every day you're on bed and chair rest for every day um but because me and my dad you know he couldn't relate to me he was working lots I didn't want to speak to anyone so that kind of 10 minute walk was a big thing for me getting out and about being able to do that with him um and then it yeah I do a quarter of a lacrosse or netball game I do a half and then I do three quarters and then I do a full one these are little things and again there was also going on planes um there was a period of time this is mad I went on a plane I was going to America and my sister and my mum told me I looked green one day I thought what on earth are you talking about my face looks green am I mother Grinch do I hate Christmas now yeah I don't really like Christmas but that's another thing um and I went to a concert with my friend as well and she looked at me and she said you look a bit green and it made me laugh because you know that's what that's what emoji says you go green when you want to feel sick but I genuinely was at that point struggling so much that I went green at times not obviously not did not look like the Grinch okay but that is what happens um so going I got told by the doctors um that I wasn't allowed to fly because my heart literally couldn't take the pressure so that was another thing was putting um going on a flight sorry all these little things that people don't think about when they hear eating disorders and how much it can change your life. You need these things to work towards. And I also remember my key worker saying to me in one of my first weeks being at the Priory, she said, do you want to recover? I literally looked at her and I was like, what do you mean? I haven't broken my leg. I haven't had surgery. Recover from what? Like, what am I recovering from? And she just like looked at me and she's like, so you've got an eating disorder. I'm like, well, yeah, you've told me that. That's why I'm here. But I don't know what it means. I don't know what you mean recovering from it and that is how little I knew I didn't know what I had to do to get out of there okay that's wrong I knew I had to kind of do what they were asking me to do to get out of there but I didn't really know why and I didn't understand it if you don't have that initial understanding of what you're doing to yourself and your mentality like your mind and your body and that it's not just you venturing this new path of life it's it's a curveball that you need to get over if you don't quite understand that you need to get over it you're not gonna engage in anything because I didn't understand I had to kind of recover from this I thought that was just a new path of my life I didn't understand what people were kind of getting me to do or why they were getting me to do it say so I kind of got sidetracked there but had an amazing um personal trainer John from Mir if he is listening absolutely saved my life I really think he kind of taught me the basics of exercise got me out of the kind of orthorexic mindset taught me things about basic nutrition about working out and empowering myself and feeling strong and not doing it 
for losing calories, not doing it for a body image thing, but to appreciate your body and what it can do. And what I could do when I was recovering was massive. I remember people kind of looking at me, the amount of people that told me I should compete. And I just thought, Jesus Christ, you're telling someone who's got an eating disorder that they should go and compete in a body bikini competition. Like that is twisted. And that's a whole nother thing, bikini competitions. Um, but for me, doing all of that was about my wasn't about my body and what it looked like. It was about my body and what it could do. And I think that people still struggle to kind of define that nowadays. I get told all the time, like, gee, Sarah, you do so much. Like, you do way too much. But do you really think I'm doing it to lose weight? No, I'm doing it because I know what my body's capable of. I love pushing my body, pushing it to the limits, you know, recognizing how strong it is. My body is what got me through this and I am going to appreciate that every single day and one of the main things with that, with appreciating it, is letting it rest. If you can't recognise when your body needs a break or when you want a break um, or at least just accepting that maybe your body and brain don't feel like they need a break but you give it to yourself anyway, if you can't recognise that then I'm going to say you've got an issue because as soon as you can take a rest day and not care about it, you you don't really have an issue. Um, and that was kind of what made me realise that, yeah, I did used to have an issue. I couldn't go a day without doing something or being active. I used to think that walking around and standing burn more calories than sitting down. And sorry, walking does, but standing does not burn any more calories than sitting down. And people will probably listen to this and be like, you're wrong. Okay, yeah, probably burns about five more. But honestly, just sit down does not make a difference. I would love to go back now and be told to have bed and chair rest. um, Because I did not appreciate it at the time. And the gym for me and working out and going on my walks and going for a swim and all that kind of stuff is my meditation. It's how I kind of switch off. I shut the world out. And that was a big thing when sport and exercise got taken off me. I felt like my kind of freedom was taken off me. I felt I was being made to focus on the world 24-7. I didn't have those hourly breaks when I could just switch off and get into a different mindset. So that was another reason of working back to it. Um and having that as a recovery motivation should I say and I think everyone needs that um you need to write it down as well you need to see it you need to visualize it stick it up in your room give it to your mum or your dad and remind yourself kind of why you're doing it whether it's you want to I don't know lose weight maybe dare I say it on an eating disorder podcast um whatever it is your goals you know write them down visualize them tick them off it's what I'm doing at the moment I've got a list right next to me of all the things I want to achieve in 2020 and in the next two five and ten years and it's great when you look at them finally I just want to touch upon something which I should have mentioned all the way back at the start um but that's kind of why I went through what I went through um what caused it it's a question I get asked a few times and I can't really say you know wholly what led um to all this i had a joke once with my friends and my family that i started a trend in my secondary school because i didn't know anyone who had gone through it before me and then kind of after i went through it a few other people went through it and i don't know um why that was i think once i'd kind of gone through it and people had seen it and say i've been to the priorine things it was a more talked about and an open thing people obviously went through it before me I just didn't know about it um and I don't know my friends and family did but that's just a joke 
you know, so don't take anything too seriously that I say, obviously apart from this whole podcast. Um, but yeah, for me, my mum um, and me sometimes talk about it being an issue with friends and it's not the actual friends I have. I mean, the friends I have now are absolutely amazing. But the first few years of prime, uh, secondary school, sorry, I just spread myself really thinly across like all the three forms outside of school with lots of different friendship groups. I was friends with a lot of people. I talked to a lot of people on a daily basis, but I never felt like I had kind of a secure little group, whereas both my sisters did and they always have. Um, And I get along with my sisters and their friends quite well and the same with my parents and their friends quite well. And I think that's just because I've kind of admired the friendships that they have and how solid they've been for so long and I never really had that. Um, So that's one thing I know kind of led to it a bit but I don't really think there's something specific and that's all right you know you just accept it you move on you think okay nothing triggered it so there's that kind of helps the recovery I think in a way because if trauma does kind of kickstart it then say that's a loss of someone you're never going to get that person back so it's a bit harder to recover whereas for me I didn't have that so I didn't have to kind of cling on to the fact I wasn't going to get someone or something and that's a bad thing at all in recovery you can think you know I'm doing this to make so and so proud it just might be a bit more difficult for people to think that there's actually a point of recovery when they're not going to get back the thing that's kind of caused them to go through the recovery process if that makes sense um and I remember having a conversation actually with one of my dad's good friends Alex Williams who was a goalie at Man City years ago and we were having a nice chat and he just said to me can I ask you a question so I thought yeah what surely could you want to know and he said why do I think I went through everything I've gone through he emphasized that you know I'd had a great upbringing I had a family who loved me friends who loved me I'd gone to a private all-girls school I've I'm a happy person support the best team in the world what really like what could go wrong to cause so much difficulties and I just looked him in the eye and I thought honestly I don't know and he was a bit surprised I said you know I don't know and so am I still that I don't really know you know but I just think if you kind of cling on to searching for a reason then you kind of might start hating um hating your recovery and hating what you've gone through because of this reason you might start thinking you know if I didn't that didn't happen to me or hadn't met that person or whatever it is you think if that wasn't there then I would have never have gone through what I've gone through um and I don't really think that's kind of a great way to look at it because for me I always say that what I went through has helped create who I am today so I'm grateful um to everything I've gone through in a weird way you know slightly twisted I'm not grateful that I made my family and friends suffer for so long and that I was on death's door for a period of time but I am grateful for who it's made me become um so I do think it's a good idea to you know look at recovery in a positive way once you're out of it um and once you can kind of look at it look back on it and I picture that looking back as I'm standing on a a cliff and I'm looking at the ocean and the my negative past is all the way into the ocean the bit you can't reach like you're never going to reach it you can see it but it's not coming near you and it won't hurt you again um and those of you who follow my instagram will have seen all my spam of my ocean walks and being by the coast and stuff and it's quite refreshing you know i sometimes sit at the coast and put some music on and i just look at it and i think wow i've come a long way mentally physically emotionally and quite literally i am on the other side of the world 
away from home. So on that note, I'm going to end there and I hope you guys can take something away from this, whether you personally relate to it or you know someone who will. Some of the things I've mentioned like depression or orthorexia um, and placement, I'm going to do in their own separate episodes. So this one was mainly just about my experiences with eating disorders, mainly anorexia, bulimia and binge eating and the kind of exercise component of that too. I hope you guys enjoyed it and thank you very much for listening.